welcome back to another episode. Today, I am joined by a co-host who happens to be my best friend, Megan Stewart. In light of Valentine's Day, we're going to talk to you a little bit about relationships, kind of our journey with toxic relationships, healthy ones, kind of what to look for, what not to look for. But before we get into that, I'll probably have her just introduce herself a little bit and tell you a little bit about her. Hey, guys. So excited to be here. When Cindy asked me, I was like, this is perfect for me. I actually do wedding planning and also manage a bridal store. So love is kind of my thing. I'm like very involved within the industry and myself. I've always been a hopeless romantic and just loved love. Funny enough, that's actually how me and Cindy met. Her sister came in for a bridal appointment and I was their stylist and Cindy was one of the guests. Then we met actually a couple months later again because she started working at the store that the bridal shop was inside of. And she didn't tell me until like three months of us being friends that we met before. I just completely forgot that I had her in an appointment because I see so many people. We laugh about it and now we talk about it all the time. Yeah, Loki didn't tell you that I wanted to be best friends with you for like months of knowing. So that was fun. But actually, when I had met her, she was kind of going through an on and off again relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's something we'll get into later. But I kind of want to transition into talking a little bit about like past relationships, kind of how we got to where we are now and why we're doing this podcast. So I've mentioned a little bit on here before, but my first serious relationship was pretty up and down. Lots of cheating, infidelity, lying, all that stuff. I just kind of got used to that pattern and I hadn't seen a lot of like healthy relationships modeled in my life. So I thought that that was pretty normal. Followed him across the country. I don't know, just kind of stuck it out until I realized maybe that's not what I deserved out of life. And then continued just, you know, the fuckboy, frat boy era. As we do. Yeah, as we do. Getting into just unhealthy relationships and these patterns that were super dysfunctional. And it wasn't until I met my fiancé that I kind of realized what a healthy relationship is supposed to look like. And now I totally realize that there is a huge, huge difference. And if you're having to question whether it's healthy or not, more than likely it's probably not the best relationship to be in. Funny enough, too, I feel like that's something that so many people experience because until you do have a super healthy relationship, you just doubt so much that you can have all the things you want so you start to you know give up certain things small things here and there and then big things and you settle and I think once you're in a really healthy relationship like you are now you just realize how much you were giving up before yeah like the bare minimums exactly like literally, like literally, like the, literally bare minimums. the bare minimums like hey don't cheat on me take don't me on a date yeah take yeah. me on a date treat me nice open the door <laughs> i know and then they do those things and you're like thank you you're like oh my god that's the sweetest thing anyone's ever done yeah. for me when and they're shocked like it's you shouldn't just expect the basics like your partner should be willing to go like above and beyond for you and be willing to do those things and then some like it's not just exactly certain tasks you need to hit or certain things that after a big fight they do that kind of brings you back yeah totally i know what you're saying because in those toxic relationships, literally, it never starts that way. They always start off being so great and showing you kind of what you're looking for. And that usually lasts about a week and then you really see what they're like. And But then you're hooked by that Exactly. One. And you kind of like 
trick yourself into being, but they have that in them. They've been like that before. They just aren't doing it right now. They can get back to that. And you wait and you know when you get into those fights to make up for it, they go back to being that guy for like two seconds. And then you're like, mm-hmm. see, they're still in there. And then, you know, right back to the usual patterns. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call a trauma bond. Yeah. <laughs> it's highs and lows. And relationships aren't always perfect. So like they're going to have highs and lows. But this is like, I'm talking, they do some shitty, shitty stuff. But then they're like, I'm going to buy you stuff or I'm going to be nice to you for a day. And then we're going to go back to the same pattern. And that is not healthy. Like, and you that literally is get addicted to the roller coaster. Uh-huh. It is like a high that is like nothing else. And you convince yourself that, you know, them being nice and good to you every day and just the normal is boring. I told my fiance this, but like when I first met him, it felt boring to me. Yeah, but it was healthy. <laughs> like, yeah. And I had to do so much work around that because it wasn't that he was boring. I was so used to chaos and not being in that familiar environment of chaos. I felt drawn to the chaos more than I felt drawn to that healthy environment. You want conflict because Mm -hmm. it makes it interesting. Like it adds something to it. You almost seek drama. Like I would literally start fights with my now boyfriend (laughs) It's just small little things, just to like almost test him and just like add a little something to raise like fight like, back. Yes. And he's just like, no, you deserve this. Like, it's okay to like just be good. And I had to really work on that and be like, no, you're right. Everything's fine. And it's actually like really sexy to be consistent. Yes. And you're going to end up going from being like addicted to the chaos to being addicted to this healthy, like good form of love that you deserve and that's normal. But we're not always used to it because all that shit is so common these days and it's so sad it's like the norm it's like what girls are saying they're attracted to they're like oh yeah my toxic trait is i look for fuckboys or i look for drama or that my type is red flags and i literally have been someone who has said that as a joke and i was like wait no that's actually the guys i go for like yeah i would notice myself literally being like oh, they seem like kind of bad news. I want him. Like, that's so messed up. And I promise you, you think that, and that probably is your type because that's all you've ever known. But you're never just, like, attracted to that person. Like, there's a reason. There's probably some trauma behind that and, like, really working through that. We were texting about this before, (laughs) and I was like, you should add anything you want to talk about. And she said, maybe we should talk about how to wait for the right guy, like being okay with the in-between phase and being alone and happy in that stage. And I don't know if you have anything like you went through that of really wanting someone, but also like kind of having to learn to wait for that right person. So you don't end up back in like that cycle. Here was my problem is it took a long time to like really admit it to myself. I always obviously really wanted love. I really wanted to be in a relationship. That was just me since I even knew what the concept meant. Like I just wanted to be in a relationship. I wanted to find my person. That has been like since my middle school. Yeah, since I even like, yeah, like what, watch Hey Montana and saw them <laughs> fall in love in her movie. I was like, I want that. That's what I want. I feel like that's always been like my biggest dream. And so I've always strived for that and given up things to get it. And it was never going to last because it wasn't real and it like wasn't what I truly wanted. Yeah. And I think it took a long time for me to admit that I didn't want to be alone and I didn't want to not be with somebody because I saw that validation from guys and I was pretty insecure and just based off my experiences with them it only furthered that insecurity and I thought I had to you know do more be more fix them even and (laughs) was just willing to put up with that project rather than just finding a man who was a man and like already had his shit together (laughs) and knew what he wanted as well and I think I just had to wait and 
you know, my mom always said, it'll happen when you least expect it and when you're not looking. And I'm like, but mom, I am always looking like I don't know how to not look. And I don't truly think that I wasn't looking. I think I just finally, after so many bad experiences with, with guys, was just like, I almost give up in a sense of like, I'm going to make it happen. You know what? I'm going to just focus on me, be happy just being me and being alone. And I will vouch, you got to such a good point, yeah. too, of like, it was probably like that m- like month or two where you, I could just tell you kind of <laughs> shifted into like, I was happy. I'm happy with me. I'm happy with my friends. I'm happy with my life. And then I get a text out of the blue a few <laughs> weeks later, like, I met this amazing guy. It's like, I know, I'm like, right now. like literally cheesing. <laughs> because like, it sounds cheesy, but it does happen when you least expect it. And like, after being with unhealthy guys, like, you're going to go through a lot of self-esteem issues. Like, I had to spend years building my confidence back up from guys who would just take advantage of it, like, take advantage of my kindness, lie to me, cheat on me. And to really just like, take the time to focus on you i think that just like and like me too i went through this too not as probably healthy <laughs> as i should have i kind of had to force myself too but it just like watching this shift was just so amazing and like watching how you can show up in your healthy relationship is also just such a 180 because i met you mm-hmm. when you were in yeah. like that tumultuous. yeah yeah going back to that Cindy mentioned that when we met it was literally in the midst of the worst God. i don't even want to call it a relationship because it wasn't like the it was worst, the worst situation, situation you can ever imagine like the worst of the worst every everything you can imagine happened i was just at my lowest i thought this guy was the one because I thought he was somebody who he just wasn't. And I was so broken, so insecure, so just confused and just, you know, felt alone. And I just couldn't even believe it. And then I met Sydney and it kind of goes back to like the in-between part, like really surrounding yourself with people like Sydney who are just going to lift you up and be what you almost were seeking from outside sources like guys like finding that in a best friend that was the most healthy thing for me like when I met her it was meant to be I needed a friend like her my whole life and when I met her it was just unbelievable timing and I don't know if I would have gotten through it the same way without her but just surrounding yourself with people like that I who are you yeah, I love you too. <laughs> but just like surrounding yourself with people who are gonna tell you like no this is what you deserve and you're not crazy and you will find this and just supporting you through every stage of life And then just, you know, taking that and really applying it to your everyday life, you know, filling it with little things to look forward to, things for you, like your aspirations, your dreams, like no longer just thinking about how can I meet the guy? How can I meet the perfect guy? How can I get past this? It's just like, just live, just be you and it'll come. And it did. And Sydney got to witness that, which is the coolest thing ever. And like allow yourself to feel all of it. Like you're going to actually experience probably some grief because you're grieving kind of who you lost in yourself throughout that experience and grieve the person that you thought you were with. And you're really going to like have this whole shift in your life and it's going to be for the better, but it's going to feel unfamiliar and uncomfortable at first. But like Megan said, letting yourself with healthy friends within a healthy environment, it's really going to impact you in the most positive way. Yeah, because when I met Cindy in that time that I met her in between when I met my boyfriend now, it was probably the happiest I think I've ever been. And I had the most fun 
ever and was just doing so many things I've always wanted to do. And I just wasn't worried about it anymore. I feel like it was almost like a thing I had to check off the to-do list. I need to get a boyfriend because I need to get married by this age. I need to have kids by this age. I need, you know, like just the stuff that girls are always pressured with. And I think I was just like, oh, you know, I'm not in college anymore. Like, when am I even going to meet this guy? And for the first time in my life, I was just focused on my friends and me, my job and my family. And seriously, was just so happy that when I met my boyfriend, I was like, how can you contribute to my already very happy life rather than what can you feel that I don't already have? I love that. Like, you don't need someone to make you happy. Tanner and I have always said, Tanner's my fiance, if you don't know. Tanner and I have always <laughs> talked about, like, we love each other so much, so much unconditional love. But, like, we know without each other, we'd still be happy. We are each an addition to each other's life, like exactly. an additional happiness. And that's what a partner should be. If you're looking for a partner to fill this void, to fill your happiness, then you need to do some, like, work. Like, what do I need to do for myself to be happy with myself? before I can get to a point of adding another person to that mix. Yes. And it's like so much easier said than done because I was given that advice by many people and mm -hmm. I just didn't take it. I was like, no, this is what will make me happy is being with somebody. But like I said, I overcompensated and, you know, was letting them get away with things that I needed in a relationship. So instead of trying to fill the void with a guy like go to the gym, pick up a hobby, you know, put yourself into your work, hang out with friends plan little things to get excited about because truly like over time it does heal and it mm -hmm. does you know work and you will find that person and you'll be like wow I can't believe I was gonna give this up like <laughs> I can't believe it because this is you know as close to perfect as you could get when you find the one and you're gonna look back with some guilt of why did I oh, put totally. up with that <laughs> like I should not have done that but when you're in the moment when you're in that relationship you can't see super clearly. Give yourself grace. Like looking back, a lot of people go through that of like, I shouldn't have let them do that. I shouldn't have put up with that. But when you're in it for the right reasons and you're being intentional and genuine, you're not someone that's going to be super realistic all the time. Like it's love. Yeah. It's crazy. There's highs and lows, but just keep moving forward. Don't think too much about it. And also fuck the societal standard that you need <laughs> yeah. to find a partner by yeah. a certain age. Like even Megan, now I deal with that. Yes. I'm like, okay, I have a boyfriend. Like, let's go. Like, And he's just like, <laughs> it's all going to be good. Like, we found each other. There's no rush. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm. But people are like, oh, you've been together for how many years? Tina and I got that. Like, you've been in yeah. like five years. Why aren't you engaged yet? It's like, all right, that's kind of our personal thing. And it's not something that you need to take other people's opinions about. And also, if you're someone who's said that, just like, let people live at their own pace it's not all this cut and dry you need to be married by this time you need to have kids by this time like everyone's gonna live differently and as long as they're happy that's really all that matters yeah and I feel like we're both such huge believers in when it's meant to be it will be and I think that's true of every phase of life I think if I had met Andrew my boyfriend any sooner or you know later it wouldn't have been the exact right time when we met we were both the best versions of ourselves that we had ever been and we were actually really ready and i think i was talking to cindy about this earlier but me and andrew were having a conversation probably like a few weeks ago just about how when a guy specifically is ready to settle down he's gonna settle down and if he's dating a girl and he's not ready to get married even if she's the perfect girl and is you know definitely someone that you would marry and take home to meet your family and everything like that. Like if he's not ready to get married, he's not going to. And I think when a guy is ready to get married and meet his wife, then he's going to meet her. And 
I kind of want to just talk about like what are ways to know if a person's right for you because I get that question a lot yeah and I don't my biggest thing was I met a lot of guys who just wanted me for like my body that's it and so when I met Tanner and like that wasn't the case which is how it should be they should respect you they don't just want you for certain things that you can do for them or the way that your body looks I feel like we've all struggled with that I mean that's just like the culture we live in. Like we live in a swipe left, swipe right. Like I'll keep swiping till I find one I want to hook up with. Yeah. And, you know, you could, even if you go to the bar and like you're not doing the apps, it's the same kind of thing. And I think we have such a hookup culture these days that makes it even harder to date now. So just staying true to your morals and, you know, only what you want and not doing it so that you can hopefully be with them. But if you want to hook up with them and just like have that kind of lifestyle, totally your prerogative. And if that's what feels good for you in this moment, keep doing you. But if you're looking for something more serious, don't give up that part just in hopes that maybe it'll become something more. Because then you're going to lose some self-respect for yourself. Yeah. Like I, you know, kind of went against some of my values. And then when I didn't, totally. and the guy was like, all right, I don't want to hang out with you. You're left feeling so empty. And... That's just like, that was my biggest thing, I think, in meeting Tanner. I'm just like patient. The right guy will wait. He yeah. really will. It's so cliche, but he will. Like, yeah. it won't even be his initial action is to try and, you know, take no. you home. Like, his initial reaction will be like, how can I make you fall in love with me? <laughs> how can I win you over? Yeah. And don't let that honeymoon phase stop. Either. No, I hate when people say, oh, you're still in the honeymoon phase. It's like, I hope it never ends, guys. No, it should never end. Keep it up. Yeah. Like, go on dates. Plan things. Like, don't ever stop dating each other. I think that's like another pattern that people fall into is they just get so comfortable. You know, the excitement is gone after a few months or even a year of dating. And, you know, I think that you just should never stop dating your Boyfriend, fiance, husband. Never stop being the best version of you in like a relationship. And I was talking to my friend about this. I think a lot of people have misconceptions that a relationship is always going to be 50-50. And that's not the case. Like I talked about like a normal relationship. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have days where you can't give 50%. And you're going to have to give maybe 80 because your partner can only do 20. And some days you're going to do like 30 and they're going to do 70. But it's about like and it's about meeting your partner where they're at and like I love that being there for them when they need you and you also being there for them when they need you and I think that's just the foundation of just a healthy good relationship there's so many things that make a relationship healthy or an unhealthy relationship and I think we could obviously go into some of those red flags to look out for let's just do it yeah <laughs> we have plenty I mean from experience alone I mean just I think, obviously, if you catch them in some lies, like, that's really, you know, I don't think your partner should ever lie to you. Something small or something big. If they're lying about a bunch of small things, then you know they're going to lie about some big things. That breaks trust. Trust is also the foundation of a good relationship. So if they're not being honest with you, like, I would just cut your losses, man. Yeah. I just wouldn't deal with it. But, you know, you can try, like, second chances, but... Don't don't do third chances. No, no. And even then, it's like, yeah, no. And I'm the queen of second chances for like five chances. I'm like, okay, I'll give him <laughs> one more chance. It's like, what chance are we on now? Kick him to the curb, Megan. Like, yep. yep. And if you get a Facebook message that said, "Hey, girly," <laughs> don't even open it. Just delete it and just block that motherfucker. Because yes, he you is know, lying. you know, he is cheating on you. <laughs> He is a dirtbag. Like I love how we love to blame the other girls, but like they're trying to save you sometimes. They are. <laughs> 
they're trying to save you. And if he's telling you like, oh, if this girl reaches out to you, he's just crazy. she's crazy. Or if he starts telling you like day one about his crazy exes, they're not all crazy. Like, come on. No, like, they're like, I've been in seven relationships yeah. and they're all nuts. But when they're all crazy and he's like, it's not me. It's all of them. It's like, okay, well, it's got to be a little bit of you because who's the common denominator here, you know? And if they don't treat their mother with respect. Oh my gosh. The family thing, that's so important. That shows you. That shows you how they're going to be as a husband if they don't treat their mom with respect. It really does. How they talk about other people in general, how they talk about other women in their life, it should always be with the utmost respect. Like I said before, if you have to question anything, there's always a gut feeling. There there and I I ignore it. Like I just am like, oh no, I get pushed down and I'm like, no, that's just my past talking or mm-hmm. like, you know, that's my insecurity talking. No, your gut is literally always right. right. I lived with that feeling for two years. And also if you have to hide shit from your friends or your family because it's you're gonna, constantly defending them. Yes. It because it's gonna reflect poorly on them, it's probably because it's shitty what they're doing. Yeah, you shouldn't have to defend a good guy. Like, no. it should just be so obvious. And seriously, these are still things that I'm learning now being in a healthy relationship. Is It's so easy. I don't even have to try to convince myself or anyone else that this person is a good person or that we are good together. It's literally just obvious. And it's mm-hmm. so just apparent to everybody that we're You're happy. happy yeah. It's not going to be this thing of like, oh my god, are they wrong for me? Because, yeah. oh, that thought was a constant cycle for years. And now it's like, oh, I'm engaged. I never thought I'd feel secure yeah. enough in a relationship yeah. to want to spend my life with someone. But talking about green flags. I mean, at the end of the day, when it's right, when it's meant to be, it should not be that hard. You meet the person, you really do just know. And also, I recommend talking about love languages. Oh, yeah. When you get into a relationship, because Tanner and I aren't, we're not the same, mm-hmm. but we know each other's love languages and we make sure to go out of our way to like, I'm physical touch. Like, I need, <laughs> I need to be smothered like 99% of the time, like probably 23 <laughs> out of 24 hours a day. Ask him. It's ridiculous. It's never enough. Never, the quota's <laughs> never filled, but I know he works hard at it. And his is more quality time and access service. So if I'm able to like, and I have time, I'll do the dishes or be like, hey, do you want to watch an episode of our favorite show? Like just being intentional about how you spend your time and how you're showing up for your partner is so important too. A hundred percent. And for me and my boyfriend, ours are the exact same, which makes things easier. (laughs) But there are even times where, you know, we're both physical touch, but he is way more physical touch. Like that is his name. Yeah. (laughs) But he will self-admit that he's like, I know that a lot of people have two, but mine is only physical touch. Whereas in a, I'm like, okay, I owe some words of affirmation. Those are my top two. They're pretty equal. Need both of them, you know, really the same yeah. amount. Wherein he's like, no, I need you to be constantly touching me, holding my hands. And so like, <laughs> even then, like, it's like, I have to remind myself, this is pretty much main and only way he feels loved. <laughs> so I have to even remind myself to like, okay, you know, give him more affection than you would even be used to because that's just how he feels loved. And, you know, he's had conversations with me where he has to remind me that I really need more of this today. Like, I know that you also are physical touch, but I just am like extra. And that's okay to ask. That's okay to ask. Like, you can't expect people to just read your mind. You should communicate it. Yes. Like, I think it's great that we have different and Megan, like Mm -hmm. you and Andrew the same because it goes to show that both can work. 
But you need to communicate. You need like even you have to even if they're the same, you need to communicate because there's different levels of what you need. And I'm just a firm believer that until you know each other's love languages, you're not going to be able to like show up 100% how that person maybe needs to be shown or receive love. Yeah. And if you're having a bad day and kind of just are feeling like you don't want to be super lovey, that doesn't mean that you still love that person. That's why communication is so important because they might be reading into and overthinking, thinking something's wrong because you're not you know, giving them attention. You're not, you know, giving them that physical touch. And really, you're just in your own head because you've had an off day. And if you guys aren't communicating, then that's where things get, you know, miscommunicated and people start to think it's them. And that's when fights start and it's just unnecessary. So we have obviously had our fair share of like not so great relationships. (laughs) So the main reason Megan's here today is so you guys don't feel so bad about experiences that maybe haven't been great in your life with dating. And she, I'm the queen of bad first dates, you guys. And when I say the queen, I mean the queen. Okay, should we start with Chicken Boy? I mean, everyone knows about Chicken Boy at this point in my life. I feel so bad if any of them ever hear this. Well, not really, because they're really, actually terrible. Because these are valid um, reasons to to talk about it yeah. and just like look out for it. But for this reason, we will be giving them names, just like little nicknames. So we'll start with Chicken Boy. I'll give very brief brief stories of each of them so we can get through a few. Nick and Boy invited me over to his house to cook dinner together. Did not have any of the ingredients, so right away he's like, hey, can we take your car, go get some chicken? I'm going to make you some chicken parmesan. Like, like first off makes you drive. First off makes me drive. We get to the grocery store. He stands up. This man said he was 5'10". He was maybe 5'5". So then we're in the grocery store, you know, get all the ingredients, and what do you know? He forgot his wallet. So I paid. We get to his house. He's making the chicken. We sit down. You know, just with this plain chicken, unseasoned, nothing, no sides, no fork. And he was like, oh my gosh, you know what? Like, I'm not even that hungry. Can we just split one? And I'll have the other one for lunch tomorrow. And I'm like, you know what? I already knew that this date was going to be the last. So I was like, yeah, I'll just make sure that we feed him tomorrow too. Um, So then we moved to the couch. This man tries dry humping me on this couch. And at this point in my life, I was not a cat person. But I saw this cat run by and I'm like, here's my escape plan. I run to this cat. And he's like, come back. Like, come Again, like, feared for your safety. Fear, like, I literally should. How did I? Like, why did I stay? Like, don't know. So I took that as my escape plan. Then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so late. It's like 10 p.m. I'm like, I have to go home. So sorry. I run out of there. If you're uncomfortable, leave. The yeah, there are so many more details to that story. That but like, work. Yeah, so bad. Um, then we can move on to the love bombing guy. We Are went we on narcissist for last. Yeah, we have to. We have to leave narcissist yeah. for last. Just, just wait, guys. He's the worst. The worst. So the love bombing guy. We went on one date. It was an amazing date. Like it was a great first date. I had a really great time too. I was really excited. He was really excited. Then the next date, I go to his house. We're hanging out, and he tells me that he loves me and asks me to be his girlfriend and I was just so shocked I think I was like uh yeah I just didn't know what to say I'm on my drive home and he texts me he goes I'm really sorry I don't know like why I said that or like why I asked you to be my girlfriend already but can I actually take that back and I was like like no take backs that you like what so yeah and then he ghosted me then we had the guy who had a fake name so this one I met online, which obviously you never know who you're meeting, right? Like, I just am so trusting. I was like, of course they're who they say they are. Hey, Chris, like, how's it going? I feel comfortable using his name because it's not his name. We went on a date. He, you know, shows up with two friends and he's like, hey, like, I invited my friends to hang out with us for a little bit. I'm like, okay, weird, but 
sounds good. I'm a people person that can make this work. Then like eventually they leave. It's just us. Then we continue the day. We're like texting like throughout the next week. And then all of a sudden I see him on the app again with a different name. And I message him and I'm like, hey, I'm confused. Like, is this you or is someone pretending to be you? Then he immediately blocks me on everything. And I'm like, this is so scary. Who did I just hang out with? You're not Chris. So just like so scary. And then we have Mr. Shallow. This one's actually pretty bad. So we've been dating for like probably a few weeks. Wait, you dated? Like for a few weeks. Oh my God. Because like, like I said, guys, I'm pretty insecure. We, you know, had been dating for a while, you know, getting along really well. He was like 30 older. He was still living at home, which at the time I was like, I'm not going to judge like he, you know, just for whatever reasons, hadn't moved out yet. And he was just kind of like a weird guy sometimes. And I just sort of picked up on all of it soon and been like, yeah, no, this isn't enough for me. There were so many things, you guys. But we went to the pool one day and we're, you know, hanging out, having the best day. I thought it was like such a fun day. He leaves my house. I'm feeling great. He texts me and I'm like, ooh, like, what do you say? And his text was literally like, um, Basically along the lines of, hey, I really like you. I'm loving getting to know you, but I just can't get over the fact that you're thicker than the girls I usually go for. And this is the first oh, time that I this guy... straight. I mean, hey. can you imagine, like, up until this point, like, this is the most he's, this guy's seen of me, and that's what he says, like, immediately after. I'm like, oh, okay, so, like, I'm literally never gonna, yeah, you know... Going back to, like, <laughs> your body and... Yeah. No, that's And, like, so I had, like... Not like to my own horn, but I was looking good at this point. I was working out all the time. I was just like, are you serious? Like, yeah, I I got some hips. Like, you're welcome. Are you serious? I'm like, who do you date? Now I look back and I'm like, you're lost. But at the time I was just like, oh my God, I'm hideous. I was so heartbroken that he would say this. But then he still wanted to see each other. He just goes, I just want to make sure it doesn't get any worse. (laughs) Like, now I have a man that's like, oh, God bless, you know? And I'm just like, thank the Lord. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I cannot show my face. He would ask me, you guys, how much I weighed. He'd be like, I have a friend who's dating this girl who's heavier than her boyfriend. Can you imagine? And I'm like, do you, like, do basic math? That is so traumatic. And then here's the real kicker. They always come back, you guys. They always kind of scat back a couple months later he's like hey i was so wrong i'm so sorry you were such a great girl you treated me so well and you're so beautiful i don't know why i was such an asshole and i was like oh you know it's good like all good i'm actually like with somebody else now did you really think i was gonna stay single with all of my thick sayonara like what and he is still living at home with a broken leg and a weird dog so like it's fine yeah is a bitch now to the finale. Narcissist. Uh, narcissist. And this is like the kindest way that we could, you know, name it. Like he you, is, you know who you are. I hope that you don't ever hear this because you should be blocked on everything possible. But but you still come crawling. <laughs> Somehow you find me. You, if you hear this, this is you. Literally this guy has been engaged three times. You know he'd been three engaged. Three times. Yes. I feel like. So he told me he had been engaged once, and I'm like, okay. He said it was months and months and months ago. I found out later when it ended that he was engaged like weeks before we met. I guess the whole time he just never stopped dating. He has been seeing seven girls the whole time that he's dating me. 
you know, swiping on the apps, meeting girls out at the bars. But like, to me, he's like, we're exclusive. I only want you. You're the only one. Didn't want me to see anybody else. Never made me his girlfriend, but was like, I just need time because I'm healing. And I'm like, poor thing. Oh, my God. Met my family, my grandma, like, would show up to my work with flowers. Guys, I was there that day. He, like, inserted himself into every part of my life. Manipulation. Literally crazy. And then would make me feel crazy for wanting literally the bare minimum, as in, like, to see him. He's like, I'm busy. I'm with family. Why would you call me when I'm with family? Do you know how embarrassing that is? And I'm, like, starting to second-guess myself. Then I find out, obviously, later that he's not with his family. He's with other girls. Of course he doesn't want Megan popping up on his phone. I'd be pissed, too. So, you know, I find out later from his best friend, actually, everything that he was up to. His best friend told me everything. Shout out to the best friend. Shout out to the best friend. They aren't even friends anymore, which is just like even better. So he gets so pissed about that because he's like, you're going to take my best friend away from me. He was just literally psychotic, would literally just get mad at me for wanting to speak to him, wanting to see me. I would want to go on days and he'd be like, I'm busy. I'm doing all this stuff. Like, I'm trying to get in the NFL. And I'm like, you literally, like, you literally don't even, I think it's like fucking D4. Like, he doesn't even play, you guys. He doesn't even play. And then he break his foot. Yeah, he got got into one game and broke his hand. Like, like we said, karma is a bitch. bitch. Sorry. And I was there at the game to witness it, guys. Uh, Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just, there's so many details to that one. But he was crazy literally had another girl that was his girlfriend she thought and was doing the exact same things he was doing with me how anyways you, god i'm t- like i'm tired listening to it how do you live a double life i don't i think i'm simply exhausted i know and everyone was finding out what he was doing and they're like dude what like how i Why? don't know that's like, exhausting and he was always so tired and i was like i get being busy but how are you this tired now i understand like you are like no. two lives. Of course you're exhausted. Did I ever tell you about Tinder and YouTube? No. X? No. Yeah. What? Ooh, we're going to get into Ooh, that, too. Ooh, T, let's go. Okay, so the Tinder thing happened while I'm still dating him. But basically, I get this message from a girl in my school. And she was on Tinder to search for other girls. And she reached out to me and was like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm here for you. I saw you on Tinder. And oh, no. if you need help coming out or something, like, just let me know. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, my. I was like, what? Coming not- out? Yeah. I was like, I'm not on Tinder, though. And it turns out my ex made a Tinder account of me <gasps> pretending to be me and, like, messaging 160 of her girls. Wait, wait, wait. No, I know. You guys, I'm like just finding this out. I know. I don't know <laughs> if that was his king or what. Ew, why? No. As you. What is yeah. he saying to the girls? Like, like hitting on them? Yes. As you. Yes. Like hitting on these girls as me. So, yeah, if you're listening and you oh think I messaged my you, God. that was my ex. And also, these girls would reach out to me and be like, hey, your, your boyfriend's cheating on you, and I never got them because he logged into my social media accounts and would delete them before I got oh, them. Oh, my. And so then... Maybe he was... Yeah, so then I saw one of these girls. I saw that they were, like, following each other, and, you know, me being insecure and mm-hmm. used to his cheating self, messaged her and was like, hey, do you know, like, so-and-so? And she was like, are you crazy? We've talked before. And I was like, no, we haven't. I just 
Oh like I'm God. talking to you for the first time now. And ended up making a YouTube video about me because she thought <gasps> I was like crazy. Because we did talk, but it was him talking <laughs> for me. Yes. You had like a catfish. Yes, but it was X. And he was using your pictures. Yes. He was catfishing me. And the worst thing was at the time when the YouTube video came out, like the YouTube thing was after we had broken up. But his roommate at the time posted on a story like, you can't believe this girl posted this video about me. And I'm watching it kind of laughing because I was like, oh, it's about this roommate. Uh Uh-huh. And then she starts saying, like, this girl moved states to be with him and was, like, telling all these details. And I looked at my roommate and I was like, this is about me. Oh, this is about oh my me. God. And now he's married and going to have a kid. Oh, it's a bad guy. Oh, I feel like that. Horrific. Not them. mean. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, there is no limit that some of these guys will go to, guys. Be safe out there. It's Holy insane. crap. But you're not alone because we've all been through it. Uh-huh. Trust me. And we're going to talk to you about how to build trust. Clearly, we need it. It's, yeah, it's a whole process. I literally would check Tanner's phone when we first started dating. And I'm really open about that now. Yeah. Even though it's like kind of embarrassing. And like, Did he know at the time? No. Oh. But I obviously found nothing but part of me, part of being in that trauma bond. You like wanted I, to. I like wanted to. Yeah. And how fucked is that? Yeah. I was like, I kind of want to find something because then I'm validating how I'm feeling. Totally. But when I didn't, I was like, what the fuck? So a lot of therapy. And then you felt guilty, probably. Yes. No, I did. I did. Yeah. I just recently told him, too, because I was, really? like, humiliated. Yeah. My ex would be insane. He'd always want to sleep in the corner of, like, my bed was pushed against a wall. Yeah. He'd want to sleep in the corner so he could put his phone in the corner of the room. And oh I, my one God. night, took a broom and, like, swiped oh. it under the bed. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so sneaky. I'm going to lock myself. Like, we won't look find out, guys. Like, yeah, but then he locked his, he changed the fucking password. That's shady. So if they change it all the time, like, I know Tanner's password. He knows mine. Like, oh if my they're gosh. hiding their phone That's... from you, mm-mm. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't even know Andrew's password. He gets mad. He's like, can you remember my password? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even need can to you, know like, it. Can you, <laughs> Yeah, he's like, can you remember this? This is important. I'm like, well, I don't need to know. Why do I need to know? How did you, like, build trust with him? You know what was crazy is, I don't know after the narcissist, because that was the guy before I met Sydney and, you know, started like healing and stuff. I did go on a lot of dates after that before I met Andrew, just trying to like, you know, get back into it. And I think that was really good that I did that before I met Andrew, because if he had been the one right after the really bad guy, I just don't think I would have been quite ready yeah. because I was in a bad place and didn't trust anybody. And I was like, how could somebody like this guy was telling me he wanted to marry me i was the one how how could i believe that ever again you know mm-hmm. and so i went on a lot of dates not all bad you know some bad as they are and as we've heard as that as it happens and like some that lasted like for a couple weeks and then just didn't go anywhere but it was nothing serious and then i met andrew when i was just about to kind of give up and i think because i was at the point where i was like i just don't really You're like gonna here to national yeah, i was like tons but i was like maybe my person just isn't here maybe like I'm just not meant to stay here. And she's like, Megan, you sound... I sent out a prayer and I think Andrew answered. I was like, please. Like, I think a lot of people were like praying for me because they're like, this girl just is about to really just move because she's so convinced that her person's not here. So then Andrew was actually the last date I planned on going on. And then I was going to just honestly probably make some big changes. And when I met him, 
I don't know. I just instantly did trust him. Like, yeah, I think just... when it's a good person, it's really hard not to. And it was just instant, like, oh, this is him. I can't even explain it, but I just knew that this was like, a good you feel person. Like home in their presence. Nothing about him yeah. was, you know, suspicious or seemed disingenuine. He actually had a lot of trust issues from his past relationship that we actually had to work through. And I think because we were both so upfront and honest about our really bad pasts so early on and talked in depth about them that actually built a lot of trust because we were like okay we've both been really hurt badly and we're both the people that were genuine and really wanted love and we both were super upfront about wanting a relationship and always wanting that that I just immediately trusted him because I saw myself in him like we were the same person so I didn't really have to work on it in the sense that I thought I would have to with him. It was more like we just grew together and seeing each other in the other person just made us like have this unbelievable trust and compatibility with each other. And it's less about like building the trust with the other person. And it was more so for me, at least building trust with myself. Yeah, I stopped kind of trusting myself because I was like, if you could believe this guy for so long and you know yeah. invest all this time and move states for this guy like yeah what's to say that this will happen again happen or again. won't go badly again you're waiting for the other shoe to drop constantly yes and that's why i was kind of like doing those things because i just didn't trust myself i was yeah. like if if something's going on i want to know sooner rather than later because i don't want to be blindsided after i get so far in with this guy yeah and I don't want to have to pull myself out of it again. Yeah. And I think what was crazy for me is that Andrew felt the exact same way. And actually super early on, Sydney knows this. He almost kind of like walked away from the situation just because he was so scared and was dealing with a lot of trust issues. Like there's no way that this girl could be legit. He just wasn't used to that either. And so I actually like really fought for him to just trust me, wait it out, and like, let's just see because worst case, it doesn't work out. But if you walk away now, you'll never know. And I think in that moment, it really clicked for him like, no, this girl's different. And since then, we've never been stronger. And literally, I think oh, it just showed both so of us. Great. I know. I just think, and like guys think that too, you guys. Like, it's not always the guy, but I think when both of you are super honest about their past and you know, you fight for each other and are like, just trust me. Let's just see this through because what's the worst that can happen? Like, what if it works out? What if it's the one? And now it is, which is just so I exciting. Know. And like, if, you know, he would have kind of let the past experiences yeah. like bleed into this one, then you wouldn't be where you are like, today. It's so scary to try again and make yourself vulnerable again because you can be so hurt, but eventually you do have to if you want to be with somebody. And so my thing was always like, like I'd been hurt like so many times. And of course, it was scary for me to put myself out there again. But if I hadn't done that time and time and time again, I never would have met Andrew. So I just think that it's important to, of course, protect yourself, but keep being vulnerable and putting yourself out there because the right person will find you and accept you and love you. And you'll be so happy that you stayed true to yourself and you'll be happier than you've ever been. I think that's the perfect way to end this podcast today. Just stay true to yourself, put yourself first, prioritize your happiness, and you'll find the right person eventually. But really just focus on you and what you want and, you know, be okay with the in-between. Yeah, and it'll happen when it happens. So thank you guys for listening today. Thanks, was, guys, so, thanks for having me on. This that was, was fun. So fun.
hopefully we can do this again sometime soon and just, you know, stay tuned for the next episode.